Hello, welcome to season two of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am Dr. Shante, your host, and I'm excited about this season. If you have never heard this podcast, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to all the good goodness in season one. Season two is going to be a good one. We are in for a long set of series of things that are going to facilitate our living whole and complete lives. And to that point, I started to think literally seriously about what it meant to live a whole and complete life. Like, what does that mean? And of course, that's going to vary from person to person. But in terms of having a framework, something to think about with respect to how we are framing these conversations about whole and complete living uh, from a spiritual aspect and all of the things in between, I literally came up with a framework that I want to share with you in this first series of the podcast, specifically around the question, what does it mean to live a whole and complete life? I think a lot of times when we think about our lives or things that we don't like about our lives, we just say things really kind of vague and nebulous, like, I just want things to be better, or I want to be happy, or I want to feel more fulfilled, etc., I want to be acknowledged or respected. But what does that look like? Like in real life, what does that look like? And how are you framing that? What are you using to measure that? And so I wanted to give us some clarity around that very notion about what it means to live a whole and complete life. And I did a whole diagram, y'all, and I am not an artist. Okay, so I'm proud of myself. (laughs) I did a whole diagram, which you will find on my social media channels at Dr. Shante Says. And it pretty much breaks down in a very simple format what I'm about to share with you right now. So as always, we have a guiding scripture that will frame our conversation today. And this is one of my favorite scriptures, actually one that I feel like as believers, we really don't use enough. And it is coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses four and five. And they say this, the weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, keywords there. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Keywords there. So keywords out of these scriptures, 2 Corinthians 4 and 5 out of verse 4, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds, meaning that in our own strength, we cannot dismantle the shackles that have tethered themselves to our lives. And all of us have a shackle of some kind. Okay. It could be a current shackle. It could be a shackle from the past. It could be a shackles of relationships, shackles of finances. You got a shackle up in there somewhere. Okay. And so in order to demolish those things, a stronghold is like a fortress. It's something that you can't get over. You can't get around. You can't get under. It is like there. Okay. And think of it like a Fort Knox. Okay. Fort Knox where they keep the gold and the treasury. That is a stronghold and it is not easily penetrable. And that is what the Bible is saying that these strongholds in your life, these shackles, they have the power to keep you from living a whole and complete life. And if you try to tackle them in your own strength with your own creativity and ideas, you are not going to su- succeed because 
these weapons of of our warfare, spiritual warfare, you can't fight, fight spiritual battles with, you know, earthly weapons. And so Paul is saying that we actually have divine weapons, okay, that we have weapons that have from the Lord that have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish the, the Fort Knox in your life. Second thing, he says, we tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So let's deal with the first part of that verse. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people that will try to circumvent God. Okay. And one of the ways that people do that is by using the universe. I'm sorry, not sorry, but the universe and God for me are not the same thing. God made the universe literally the first very firstest firstest. Yes, I said it. Verse in the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens, aka the universe and the earth, period, full stop. Womp, there it is. You either believe that or you don't. That is the difference between being a believer or a non-believer. You either believe the word of God, the person of God, the power of God fully and completely, or you don't. And if you don't, it's all good. It's all ball. Do you boo? But don't be going around here calling yourself a believer, trying to split the difference and split the fence. The Bible's and this is, and I will totally completely own the fact that this is why people struggle with the Bible. They want their own theology. They want that old country buffet theology like well I'll take a little bit from the Bible and I'll take a little bit from here and I'll take a little bit from uh Gabrielle Bernstein and I'll take a little bit from Sanjay Gupta and I'm gonna mix it up and you know make my own thing that works for me I mean okay you can do that I mean God allows you to do that that's the that's that's what I love about the Lord free will God does not force his will and his way on you he he literally is like the king of like pro-choice he's like I, I will be here, you know, I'll stand at the door and I'll knock at the door of your heart, but you have to let me in. And a lot of times we love, we in general, okay, we love the savior part of Jesus. Yes, save me from eternal damnation. Save me from the pit of hell. Save me from the lake of fire. Yes, bless me and grant me favor in my life to be blessed and to be the head and not the tail. We love that part of Jesus. We love that. But when you get to the Lord part, Lord, as in I am your servant, as in you call the shots and I don't call the shots, as in you're in control and I'm not in control. That's when we start breaking out in hives. That's when we start looking here, there and everywhere and blah. See, well, um, and in my mind, in my opinion, but see, technically, um, that's crickets. That's where all that type of stuff comes in. Okay. But if you are calling yourself a believer, then what Paul is saying in these verses is that we believers tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God. In other words, we're not entertaining that foolishness. The weapons in our lives, the issue, I mean, the, um, the strongholds in our lives means that we acknowledge them as spiritual, as evidence of spiritual warfare. That's one. Two, we acknowledge that in our own earthly, human, limited strength and capacity, we cannot tackle or tear down said strongholds. Three, 
we acknowledge that through the power of God, because when you become a believer, and I tackled this back in the Believing Bigger podcast, so you can scroll back there and find that episode. I think the episode is called Power. I want to say it's like season five or six. But when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you are instantly, instantly equipped with a gift. What is that gift? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has power. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is divine, we now are equipped to tear down these strongholds. And so when we say we tear down arguments and knowledge that set itself up against the knowledge of God, what we're saying is we're not entertaining that foolishness. That is nonsense to us because we know and recognize what these strongholds are. We know and recognize who and what has the power to dismantle and destroy them. And then key here, second part of that verse, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I don't think that as believers, you realize the power that you have to take your thoughts captive. It's not to say that you're not going to have bad thoughts. It's not going to say that you're not going to ruminate over some things. That is human nature but you don't have to stay there just because you are there. Doesn't mean you have to stay there through the power of the Holy spirit. You can take captive those thoughts and bring them under submission of Christ. You have the power to do that. And so saying all that to say, that is what is going to frame our conversation for today about what it means to live a whole and complete life. I realize I went off on a bit of a tangent, but I do want to make sure that we understand the scriptures. I'm not a theologian. I have not gone to seminary. So don't, (laughs) you know, like, oh, Reverend Doctor. No, but the Bible does say study to show yourself approved. And that's not just for preachers and teachers. That's for everybody. He says, if you are a believer, you need to study my words so that you don't get duped uh, out here in these streets because everybody standing behind a pulpit is not of the Lord. But that's a different episode for a different day. So Whole and complete living. I want you to think about a hexagon. And if you're like, what the heck is a hexagon? Think about an umbrella. So if you think about an umbrella, and if you look at the top of an umbrella, you'll see a circle in the middle. And then from that circle are all these equilateral triangles that pretty much make up the the fabric or the circle that becomes the umbrella. And so For our purposes, the diagram that I created looks very much like the top of an umbrella uh, in a hexagon shape. So if you think about the center, that circle that holds it all together, living a whole and complete life comes down to belief. I've said this in the Believe in Bigger podcast, and I will say it here on this one. Your beliefs readily, directly impact everything that you feel, everything that you think, and everything that you do, okay? That is the center. What you believe, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, what you believe about his power, what you believe about your potential will impact everything that you think, everything that you feel, and everything that you do. And so with that in mind, for me, for the purposes of this podcast and this platform and how we are gonna frame things going forward, Living a whole and complete life comes down to these three aspects, okay? One is having power over our thoughts. So when the Bible says that we take captive every thought, it's like, 
you ever like see like a little kid about to, you know, was playing with a ball and about to run out into the street because the ball rolled out into the street and then somebody run along and like snatch them, you know, before they can get too far along. The Bible says we have the power to do that with our thoughts that we can just snatch them and be like, no, I decree and I declare right now in the name of Jesus that this is a lie, that this is a lie from the pit of hell, that this is not who God says I am, that this is not uh, what God's will is for my life. Like you can make that thought submit, yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do that. And so part of living a whole and complete life is having power over your thoughts. And this is important because our thoughts dictate so much of how we show up in the world. Think about all the things that your thoughts influence. Think about all the things that your thoughts impact. Think about all of the ways that you specifically think about yourself. Okay. So when you I remember uh, not too long ago, I went on my first glamping trip and which was an adventure. Um, I lost a wig on that trip. So if you saw that on social media, that that was a heck of a story, baby. I wish I had time to tell it on this episode, but I don't. I lost a good wig on that trip messing around with folks. Um, But a lot of times when we were taking pictures, you know, having a good time. And, you know, when folks are like, oh, send me the pictures. And so you send the pictures. All you hear is, oh, look at my chin. Oh, look at my stomach. Oh, I got to lose this weight. Oh, I just, oh, I, oh, oh, oh. So that has an impact. When you look at yourself in an image, when you look at yourself in a mirror and you are immediately surrounded by thoughts of inadequacy and not enough, or you don't feel beautiful, or you don't feel like you are the creature that that God made you to be, and you start drowning in that, it is going to impact subsequently your feelings and subsequently your actions. And so your feelings, now you don't feel confident. Now you're walking around with your head down. Now you actions, now you're grabbing clothes, you know, to hide in and that sort of thing. And so Living a whole and complete life is recognizing that you have power over your thoughts to bring them, to take them captive and bring them under submission uh, to the word of God and to the power of Christ. The second thing is recognizing that there is value in your feelings. So this is a big one for me. This is a big step for me because for years and years and years and years, I did not see value in feelings in emotions. I, I used to say things like, hmm, try paying a bill with your feelings, okay? I would routinely suppress and stuff feelings down, not deal with stuff. And I thought that I was doing myself a favor in that. But I learned the hard way that when you don't deal with your stuff, that your stuff will deal with you. And so... Your emotions, those things that you're trying not to feel. And some of them are some really raw and vulnerable emotions. Some of you are feeling lonely and it's hard for you to acknowledge that because you think it makes you feel weak or needy or unwanted or what have you, you know, so all of the the things that surround that. And so because we don't want to feel those things, we'll just bottle them up. We'll just, you know, stuff them down and be like, nope, 
I'm good, you know, and we'll throw out these platitudes, saved and satisfied, single and satisfied, or I'm good, I don't need nobody, you know, I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T, don't you know about me, with all of that, all of that, all the women who independent, throw your hands up, all of that. When you are lonely as the day is long and what it requires for you not to be lonely is a measure of vulnerability that scares you half to death. And so rather than face the vulnerability of putting yourself out there and extending yourself to others, you will suffer with those feelings and so, or, or act like they don't exist. And so living a whole and complete life means that you recognize that there is value in your feelings. Our emotions are complicated and varied and valid. Okay. That is a big step for me to say that because I used to be that person. Okay. So I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know and have lived and have suffered through for many years when I didn't want to acknowledge feelings that made me vulnerable or made me, me feel weak or made me think that I was going to be weak. Not only that, God is with us in our emotions. Okay. So Psalms, I want to say maybe 34. I hate to give out bad scriptures, but uh, he says that the Bible says that he is near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. God cares about your feelings. He cares about your feelings. And I know a lot of times we think that he doesn't. And especially when you think about everything going on in the world right now, it's craziness. So when you think about the racial tension and the hatred and you think about the brutality and you think about the corruption and you think about the economy and you think about we in the middle of a pandemic when it's just like so much so many big ticket items that are on the docket and you think to yourself my little feelings don't even register that's not true that is not true the bible literally says the exact opposite of that it says that god is near to those who are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. And so when you're feeling downcast, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling like nobody gets it, that the Bible says that is when God is nearest to you. That's when he wants to draw closest to you because the worst thing to do is to allow you to spiral down and start isolating and distancing yourself from people because you know when once the enemy gets you alone in the corner, it's miller time. Okay, so God is, is nearest to you when your feelings are at their worst. And so living a whole and complete life recognizes that there is value in your feelings. And then last but not least, our actions, right? I say this so many times. Um, I know I said it a million times on Believe in Bigger podcast, but your actions will betray your beliefs. Okay, so you can give all the lip service in the world, but what you do will ultimately reveal what you believe, what you believe about God, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about his power and what you believe about your potential. It will always reveal that. Our actions are the strongest indicators of our beliefs. And so do our actions reflect confidence and faith or fear and doubt? So when you're living a whole and complete life, you have conviction in your actions that you are committed and you are decided and you are sure. Okay. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be right. 
Okay, but you are committed, you are convicted, you are sure, you are decisive. And even things that are not right, I mean, because we make, we are human, we make mistakes all the time. Even the things that are not right, God can then use for our good in some way. Was it Maya Angelou that was like, even my errors are correct? Even your errors, even your missteps, God can redirect for something for your good, for your betterment, for a lesson learned, etc. What does it mean to live a whole and complete life? It means recognizing that we have power over our thoughts through the power of the Holy Spirit. It recognizes that there is value in our feelings because God cares about how we feel, even though our emotions are complicated and complex and varied. And it means having conviction in our actions. And so as we move forward through season two, I want you to start thinking in those terms, okay, that what I believe impacts what I think, what I feel and what I do. And if I'm living a whole and complete life, then I am living that life through the prism recognizing I have power over my thoughts, that there is value in my feelings, and that I am going to have conviction in my actions. So that is our framework. And this is something that, you know, I should have done back in season one. But having done that, having gone through that whole season, and now coming up to season two, I recognize that I really wanted to put some parameters around how we're going to be approaching our content this season. And so whole and complete living, I said this on social media uh, not too long ago. I learned that there is a difference between fitness and wellness. Okay, so you see all these uh, hashtags on social media from, you know, fitness gurus, hashtag uh, fat to fit, hashtag snatched, hashtag slim thick, hashtag beast mode and, and rock hard abs and all this other who shot John. And you can be physically fit and psychologically miserable. You can be completely miserable. You could have a banging body and be completely miserable. So fitness does not necessarily mean that you are well. Wellness, on the other hand, is a way of life. It is a way of thinking and being, okay? Even when life is not great, okay? Even when life is is throwing some darts your way, even when you're in the midst of a storm, it is a way of being even in the midst of hardship. Okay. So even in the midst of hardship, when your, your feelings are hurt or you are discouraged or what have you, it is still a way to come through your storms in a way that glorifies God, doesn't compound or, or, or worsen the situation. And one where you come away from it with peace and with joy, there's absolutely a way to do that. So living a whole and complete life is a choice. So when you are faced with these challenges, that you can come out of them with the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And that is wellness. Okay, so fitness is one thing. And it it refers to like your physical health. And a lot of times, you know, your mental capacity, like, do you understand? Are you of sound mind? But wellness is a choice. It's choosing daily to live with conviction, to recognize the power over your thoughts and to acknowledge and deal with your feelings rather than trying to like stuff them and sweep them under the rug and walking with God all the way through because you believe your faith in God empowers you to do all of those things. So welcome back. 
that is where we are headed for season two. And I'll give you a heads up. This is a big one. Our first series after this one, after we walk through the whole and complete living is going to be on confidence. Woo, baby. That is a big one. That is a big one. I, it's really discouraging and, and almost heartbreaking how many of us live beneath our potential because we lack confidence. And so once we get clarity on the whole and complete living series, so whole and complete living is our first series. Our second series is confidence. And this framework that we're talking about uh, for this episode and next is going to kind of give you the springboard to be able to receive all that God has for you in the confidence series. So that is it. I missed you. I hope you missed me too. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, all that good stuff, you know, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante says. Also, if you want to grab your own diagram of whole and complete living, my little hexagon image type of thing, you can go to readytobelieve.com and get that as a download. I will be sending it out to subscribers as well. So I will see you guys next week and welcome to season two.